This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code SUMMER. Hey, Equity Mates, Ren here. We know that throughout this episode, we spoke about interviewing a CEO and asking some questions to that CEO. Unfortunately, CEOs are incredibly busy people and we weren't able to align calendars to get this episode in your feed at the same time that we dropped the Summer Series episode. However, keep an eye out on the Equity Mates feed and you'll see this CEO interview soon. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to the Equity Mate Summer Series of 2020, brought to you by Superhero, who are offering $5 brokerage and also $0 brokerage on ETFs. Head to superhero.com.au to find out more. Over 12 episodes, we're going to be diving into some of Australia's largest and most well-known companies as selected by you, the Equity Mates community. We'll be unpacking the company, its industry, its outlook, and some key financials. And in some instances, we'll also be taking the tough questions straight to the CEO. To do this, as always, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm good, Bryce. We've made it to the end. Happy episode 12. Happy episode 12. I feel like when we say we've made it to the end, it's not like we haven't enjoyed it. It's been an awesome summer series. I think personally the best summer series yet. I'm really happy with the companies that we've spoken about. There's been a great array, different industries, different countries, all sorts of things. So luckily not all of them have been that small cap, 50 million market cap uh, with not a lot going on. So... Well, I mean, I think the fact that we've been able to speak to five CEOs of ASX-listed companies has been pretty cool as well. Absolutely. And we are finishing with an interview as well. If you're doing the count in your head and you're saying, hold on, I've only heard them interview four CEOs. Hold on. We have finished with a bang. Yes. Finished with a really interesting company and we will be speaking to the CEO of said interesting company. It should be in your feed. If not right now, it will be very soon. The company we're talking about today is carsales.com. Carsales.com, not a company that I am familiar with in terms of using. I've obviously heard of carsales.com, but considering that old Brycey boy doesn't own a car. Yeah, you do. You own a Honda Jazz. 
part owner. <laughs> actually, actually, you're right. You're right. I do. I have never had to buy one. For people who haven't heard it, we went on the My Millennial Money podcast and I told Glenn, the host, that Bryce owned a Honda Jazz and he got very self-conscious. Uh, <laughs> but I think he's come around and he's really embracing, yeah, look, embracing uh, the Honda it, right? Jazz There's life. actually nothing wrong with the Honda Jazz. No, it's a great car. <laughs> Reliable, sturdy. Uh, my parents own one. My sister owns one. Very the question, reliable The car. question is, Ren, did they buy it through carsales.com? No. Well, there we go. Not that that adds any bearing on this episode. <laughs> I don't think my parents are the barometer of tech uptake. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think they're on the cutting edge of the digital economy. <laughs> Although my dad is a uh, avid podcast listener at the moment. Equity Mates doesn't really get it. Oh, he gets an occasional run. Jeez, yeah. surely. Maybe he'll use car sales for his next purchase. Anyway, let's move on. So <laughs> before we jump into it, Ren, as always, we're going to be going through company summary, its industry competitors, as well as its future outlook. So some financials and a bit of a chat about valuation. So carsales.com, it's an online marketplace specializing in automotive, motorcycle and marine classifieds business in Australia. Yeah, it is actually carsales.com is the business name. Yeah. Yeah, not just car sales. No, we're not just saying the URL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad marketing play from them. You know, like carsales.com, carsales.com. If that's the business, it gets in your head. Well, yeah, it's a, an immediate call to action really yeah, in yeah, the business yeah. name. Maybe more businesses should follow that. Like maybe we should rebrand to equitymates.com. Well, we're not an online marketplace. Search Equitymates in your preferred podcast no, player it, now. <laughs> our name would our name should be Equitymates Podcast. True. Yeah. True. But anyway, anyway. this isn't about us. This is about <laughs> carsales.com. ASX ticker C-A-R if you're playing along at home and you want to look them up. So a bit about the company and I guess we start with the company history. So it was founded in 1997 and it has really gone through a string of acquisitions to expand from there. It's acquired Quick Sales, which was an Australian auction site, which is actually now shut down. It's acquired part of Solo Autos to expand into Mexico. It acquired part of Chile Autos to expand into Chile. It acquired part of Demotors to expand into Argentina, also in Chile and Colombia. It purchased SKN Car to expand into South Korea. It's owned a whole bunch of other websites, but really this is a company that started in Australia, but is now a global leader in online car sales. Hey, I actually had no idea about how globalized it was until yeah. we started doing this. And yeah, pretty aggressive acquisition strategy. But I guess if you're looking to enter new markets rather than compete against the competitors, why not buy them? Yeah. So a few just quick company facts worth $5 billion today. Did about $400 million in revenue and $120 million in profit. So pretty strong margins there, which I guess makes sense for an online business. It's been a bit of a market darling. Since listing in 2009, its total shareholder return, so that includes dividends paid, is up 556%. Compare that to 113% for the ASX 200 in that time. And as we said, it's a company that operates in a number of markets. So I'll just run through the list. Australia, South Korea, Brazil, Chile, Mexico, Argentina, Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia. And then it also has presence in China, although not through like a car sales website, through another website called Redbook. 19% of its EBITDA 
comes from international markets. So it's a bit of a diverse player in terms of not just being concentrated in Australia. The other thing that it's quite diverse in, and I've got a little bit of a game for you here, it's quite diverse in the number of websites that it has in Australia. So although the business's name is carsales.com, that's not the only website it has in Australia. So I'm going to read out some websites. You tell me if they're real or fake. As in real, real, real or real underneath car sales? Underneath car sales. Good question. I should have checked if there are other websites <laughs> not owned by car sales. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So we'll start easy. Carsales.com. Real. Bikesales.com. Real. Actually, and some of these might be .au, but whatever. just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Boatsales.com. Yes. Fourwheeldrivesales.com. Yes. Fake. Uh-huh. Trucksales.com. Fake. Real. <laughs> Farmmachinerysales.com. Fake. Real. No. <laughs> Constructionsales.com. Construction sales. Yeah. Construction sales. What construction? Oh, like, um, you know, like Fake. He- heavy Fake. machinery and stuff like that. You know, like caterpillar diggers. Fake. Real. Oh, what? <laughs> Dumb name. Tiresales.com. Real. Real. Modelcarsales.com. Fake. Real. Jeez. PrestigeNewCars.com. I guess this is real. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> Everything's real. real. Well, yeah, I figured I didn't even need to make up fake <laughs> ones because there's so many that are real. And the last one that I had, which we've already given the game away, it's real. Carfax.com. Gee, car facts. Yeah, facts. Oh, my God. Yeah. So cars, bikes, boats, trucks, farm machinery, w- construction, Tires, model cars, prestige cars, and then facts about cars. No skateboards in there no, or scooters. No, they're, they're things that I could have no made No e-bikes up. unless it's under bikes.com. Well, we are interviewing the CEO of car sales, so... Well, I'm going to ask him the tough question. Yeah. Why no scooters <laughs> or skateboards? E-bikes.com, they've done very well recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it looks like they're trying to own everything with wheels. Yeah. Or, or, in, or in water. Not bad. Maybe that's a tagline. Buy anything with wheels. The point of that game was just to give you an idea of the breadth of different websites they own and i would hazard a guess that that wasn't even half of them they then obviously have all their international websites they have a bunch more based in australia so i guess they have a core competency which is car classifieds they've really taken them from the old days of the newspaper and put them online and then they are doing them across a number of different sales verticals so a number of different things with engines and wheels and then also in a number of different countries as well so, and I guess the question is with so many different websites, and you've mentioned that they've also got their their sort of vertical approach, digital marketplaces, value add services, industry insights. How are they actually making their money here? I guess, you know, without uh, insider information on how all of this sort of works, you would assume that a lot of it is just generated from advertising on the websites, maybe a clip of the transactions that are done through the website, if that's how it operates. What's the go of breakdown of revenue? Yeah, so that's probably a key thing that we need to understand about carsales.com it's not like a i guess gumtree makes money from advertising rather than sales but it's not like an amazon where you know they make money by clipping the ticket as a retailer car sales makes money from advertising so these numbers are a little bit old but from an a triple c inquiry back in the day in 2012 they split out their numbers so take these numbers with a grain of salt but to give you an idea of their key sort of ways that they make money they made 45 percent of their revenue from selling classified advertising to car dealers 24 percent from sale of banner or display ads 18% from selling classified ads to private sellers. So like when you want to sell that Honda Jazz and upgrade to that Ferrari you've been eyeing off. Yes. And then 13% provision of data services. So that's about 
using all the insights that they gather about you know what cars are selling how much they're selling for blah 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 and then selling that data to interested parties the biggest takeaway i had from that is that we often think about these online marketplace businesses as disrupting the incumbent players, disrupting the bricks and mortar retailers that came before them. You can see here that car sales in many ways has a bit of a symbiotic relationship mm. with car, like traditional car dealers. About half of their revenue from this inquiry, so again, the numbers are a little bit old, but I would hazard a guess that they haven't moved that much. A lot of their revenue comes from the car dealers themselves and carsales.com is an advertising platform for these car dealers to get in front of more potential customers and to show that the cars that they have at their lots and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty important thing to understand about car sales. It's not disrupting the car selling business. It's disrupting the car advertising business. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting one. I don't know if I really like where all of this revenue particularly sort of coming from it would be very lumpy I guess in terms of how I guess more broadly the economy is going and people's willingness to buy cars and I'm sure we'll touch on that later but certainly not a lot of recurring revenue in there that's sort of locked in nice month after month you're still trying to sell ads and it's an advertising game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they sell advertising packages that give them some recurring revenue to like the biggest car dealers, you know, like Bryce Lesky's used car dealer that knows that they're going to need 200,000 advertising spots a year. Mm. I'm sure they sell those packages, but you're right. Every new car that is listed, they've got to then sell an ad for. Yeah. yeah. I would imagine you couldn't list without paying to list. I imagine it's one of those plays. You'd think so. Yeah. Again, wouldn't know, never used it. Yeah. So in terms of the industry, Ren, you mentioned there the ACCC inquiry back in 2012. So the outcome of that inquiry was that car sales had 36% of total listings. And I'm assuming this is why there was an ACCC inquiry. The inquiry was about a potential acquisition that car sales was trying to make. So right. as we mentioned at the top, they've rolled up a lot of other companies, potential competitors, and then also overseas companies. The ACCC were looking at them because they were trying to acquire an Australian car yeah, advertising yeah. website. And I can understand why, because back in 2012 at the time, they had 84% of total page impressions with the next highest competitor sitting at 6%. So if you don't call that a uh, domination or even you could say monopoly, really, I can see why the ACCC wanted to take a closer look. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we're resistant to the acquisition. I think I may have still gone through, but there are a number of competitors and I think that competitive landscape in 2012 really sets the scene for what's happened since. Autotrader.com, which is a US similar business, has expanded to Australia. Drive.com.au, which I think was owned by one of the major Fairfax or News Corp, they are still kicking around. They've got some presence. Cars Guide is another one. Interesting. I never knew this before. Kogan Cars. I'm not surprised. Did you know that, that Kogan had a car no, sales business? No, but he's business? got his fingers in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Telecom, cars. Oh, that's. I'm not surprised, but I am, if that makes sense. I'd never heard of them. I'm surprised just because aside from the fact that Kogan is an online retailer and obviously has a lot of software and tech expertise in their four walls, it doesn't feel like there's a, a lot of synergies between selling electrical goods and advertising cars. I wonder if he has private label car, Kogan car. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should pitch it to him. Not bad. Anyway, yeah, that is surprising. So I guess, yeah, there's a bunch of competitors. Carsales.com is the dominant player in the market. 
And when you're thinking about its competitors, again, if we think about the industry as defined by its substitution possibilities, if you're not really thinking about car dealers, they're a little bit different because in many ways, car dealers are the customers, not the competitors. So you're not really thinking about the market for selling cars. You're more thinking about the market for advertising cars. Mm. And so that's where a lot of those online players are there. Gumtree and stuff have cars, you know, you can list your car on Gumtree. So there are a number of competitors. And I guess the newspapers may still, no, I don't think they even have classifieds anymore, do they? No. So it's really these other online platforms that you, you're looking at in terms of major competitors. Kogan's offer is a price match. So okay. if you find, yeah, if you get a genuine written offer for your new car purchase or used car trade in, from a competitor or a dealership, they'll match it or give you a $100 Kogan.com credit voucher. Jeez, a lot of the time you think it would just be cheaper for them to give the $100 voucher. Yeah, you'd If you're talking so. about like a 20 grand car. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. Learn new things every day. But to your point, Ren, I've only really ever thought about carsales.com in this space. Yeah. Well, I, I always sort of thought about it as a secondhand car marketplace. Same, I don't, I don't same. really think about it yeah. as a new car. I guess it makes sense though because like if I was going to buy a car, I wouldn't buy it sight unseen online. And no. maybe that's in, in the future car sales can develop like such good tech or like that they maybe have some like car sales verified program where they're like, we guarantee that this car is in good quality. But you want to see and touch, touch and, and feel test it, take yeah. a spin yeah so in terms of the impact of covid ren you can imagine that there certainly would be one new car sales across australia is down almost 50 percent in april 2020 which is the biggest decline in the 30 years these numbers have been tracked and i'm not surprised given i guess the amount of people that a don't have to commute anymore i guess general economic feeling of tightening the belt and paying off your debt and yeah, I can understand why that would have happened. Devastating for the car industry. Yeah, but you know the weird thing? So new car sales down almost 50% in April 2020. I was reading an article that interviewed someone from carsales.com. They were saying that second used, hand. Yeah, secondhand yeah. cars, the prices were skyrocketing to the point where a new car bought in 2019 was actually more valuable. Wow. Yeah, which cars are a depreciating asset. They lose value basically as soon as you drive them off the dealer's lot. Yeah. Maybe the first time in history that used cars appreciated. Wow. Well, maybe probably not the first time in history, but definitely a, a weird phenomenon. And that is because of the concern that people had over public transport. And so, well, that that's certainly what I understood it to be. And so they were looking to do more, I guess, driving than they otherwise would have because of COVID. There's yeah. also obviously the limitations to air travel has made car driving emerge as a preferred mode of transport. So that's, you know, what's going to be driving those secondhand prices. In carsales.com's annual report, they spoke about data from Apple Watches showing that car travel was the preferred mode of transport during COVID. It just surprised me because I've never seen data from Apple Watches being used in this way. Well, yeah. I've never really seen it being used, but obviously they just collect heaps of data and then Apple must sell it. Google usually do it through the maps. They'll tell you, you know, transport usage up, cars down, walking up, all those sorts of things. Yeah. So, so should we talk about Moat Ren? Let's do it. So two-sided network effect. Yes. Do you want to explain a network effect? Yeah. So a network effect is where a product or service gets more valuable with each incremental user that is using that product or service. So 
for each existing user, it becomes more valuable as more people use it. Two classic examples that are often used in terms of a network effect. Number one is a telephone. If you have a telephone, it's not that valuable. If you and I have a telephone, it's a little bit more valuable because we can speak to each other. If everyone has a telephone, it becomes exponentially more valuable because it's a way for us to all communicate. So like that network effect is in play in a big way. Similar example is Facebook. Facebook, if just one person is using it, isn't that valuable. Facebook becomes more valuable as more people use it. Network effects are really hard to disrupt because a competitor who starts a competing product or service, they have to challenge that network effect and drag users off and get users to use their new product that doesn't have all those users that make it more valuable. So, I mean, the classic example is if we tried to start a social media business now and tried to drag users off Facebook, it wouldn't be very valuable in the early days because everyone's still on Facebook. Mm. That's a network effect. A two-sided network effect is, I guess it's a term for businesses like Uber where the network effect has both providers of the service and then users of the service. And if you can have a lot of both, it becomes really valuable for each additional user or provider. And, you know, you think of Uber, you know, if you're going to make money driving your car, you're going to use Uber because that's where all the passengers are. And if you need to order a car, you're going to use Uber because that's where all the drivers are. There's a two-sided network effect at play there. Carsales.com is another example of a two-sided network effect. If we're looking to buy a used car, we're going to go to carsales.com because that's where all the cars are advertised. It's the most dealers and most people are advertising on it. Similarly, if we're going to sell a car, we're going to go to carsales.com because that's where all the potential buyers are. So that two-sided network effect is in place there and it's very hard to disrupt because if you want to buy or you want to sell a car, you're going to go to carsales.com because that's where everyone else is. Mm. There's some numbers that car sales put out in their annual report about how big they are compared to their competitors. So they reported that two times the amount of money was spent on carsales.com compared to their nearest competitor in Australia and their daily unique audience is growing compared to their nearest competitor. So over the last three years, it was 1.69 times as big as their nearest competitor, then 1.72 times as big last year, and then 2.15 times as big this year. So really that gap between them and their nearest competitor is growing every year. So that's the first element of their moat, the two-sided network effect. Second element of their moat is a little bit simpler to explain, and it's really just around brand and around the trust that that brand has. Based on a market research survey done in June 2020, carsales.com is 118% more trusted than their nearest competitor. And, you know, when you're making a big purchase or when you're researching a big purchase like buying a car, having trust in the brand, you know, that what's being advertised is true to label and that the information you're getting is factual and not misleading is really important. And so for a business like carsales.com, having consumers trust them and having dealers trust that leads are real leads is critical. Nice. So before we jump into the outlook of the company, Ren, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, so it is time to look to the future and then also touch on some of the financials. So what is coming up for car sales? Obviously, it's in that digital era. So you can imagine that expansion is on their cards global expansion that's it well i mean they've already they are already global but there's heaps more of the globe to cover so i guess on their cards ren we know that they're looking to grow and expand regionally in brazil 
Yes. Pretty big country. Pretty big country, yeah. A lot of cars. Was disrupted because of Brazil's not excellent handling of coronavirus, (laughs) shall we say. One of the poorer performing countries in the coronavirus (laughs) times. That has affected car sales plans for expansion. But yeah, basically, I think in a nutshell, we listed a lot of the countries that they're in at the moment. Many of them, they're number one in. And they either want to expand that lead as being number one or they want to become number one. And so, yeah, Brazil was a big one for them. All of those countries we listed earlier, they want to just keep becoming the number one. And then in addition, they intend to, I guess, offer more value add services to their vertical integration, perhaps. One of the examples is a partnership with Santander Bank to roll out a digital automotive finance and lead management tools. And then also Placey app. Yeah, let's talk about this because this <laughs> this one surprised me and I, I think we're going to have a lot to say about it. So it's an app that helps customers seamlessly combine, compare and book over eight modes of transport to get from place to place faster, cheaper and smarter. So I'm assuming... There is a website, it's called Rome to Rio, yeah. and uh, I like it because if, especially when you're traveling, you can go, I want to go from A to B. It's better than Google Maps at telling you all the different types of transport linking that can get you there. Google Maps has just always been fine for me. This is my thing. Like uh, That was the first question I wrote when I read this. How is this different to Google Maps? It depends, I guess, where they're going to be doing this app. But my experience with Rome to Rio was that when you're in a country, perhaps like Central America or or wherever it may be, and you've got the small barges or the really weird types of transport that perhaps Google Map doesn't necessarily cover, it was great. So maybe this is where they're trying to go. Yeah, I mean, Google Maps is pretty much 99% fail safe for me. Yeah. You can't really book on Google Maps, can you? It just tells you. No, no, no. yeah. yeah. We're going to speak to Cameron McIntyre, who's the CEO of carsales.com. And I'm interested to ask him about this app. Maybe the big thing is that you can book through this app, but can you book on Rome to Rio? And compare. Well, you can compare. Uh, you get the yeah. option to book, but it then flings you through to the respective right. websites. Right, okay. Yeah. So like maybe that's the value add here. So in their annual report, they had a like a picture or like a diagram of all the different modes of transport and the different companies that they've partnered with. So they've got rideshare, metro taxi, regional taxi, some other car stuff, then all the public transport, private buses, and then they've also got like micro mobility, so like scooters and stuff like that. I assume e-bikes as well. The big thing for me was I was looking at the rideshare column, which was the first column. They've got Ola, Move, Oscar, and Sheba. Where's Uber? That well, that's my big question. <laughs> like, it feels like there's a big pace move. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can take the hard questions straight to Cameron and ask him. Yeah, and directly. I mean, I feel like Uber just don't want any part of yeah. integrating with other products and service. Yeah. So let's move to financials, Ren. Yes. Revenue in FY19 was reported at 417.5 million. Revenue in FY20 was reported at 395.6 million. So that's actually a a decline in revenue of 5.2%. Good news is that they are turning a profit of FY19 132 million, FY20 119 million, a fall in profit of about 10%, but they are profitable. Yeah, and I think that fall is largely related to COVID. In their annual report, they provided a whole bunch of adjusted numbers. The biggest one-off cost that differed between the reported numbers and the adjusted numbers that they presented was they 
put together a multi-million dollar dealer support package for the car dealers they worked with. And so I imagine when we speak to Cameron, he'll talk about how some of these one-off COVID impacts they would have grown and in their numbers, they their adjusted numbers, they reported growth, but in their actual statutory numbers that they had to report to the market, they did fall in 2020. Mm. So if we continue to move through the financials, their previous 10-year growth rates have been pretty impressive. Revenue growing at a compound growth rate of 13% and then net profit growing at a compound of 10%. Not bad. Not bad, not bad. Revenue faster than profit. That's something that I'm looking out for these days. <laughs> <laughs> Countries that they operate in, obviously Australia, but South Korea is generating 71 million in revenue, up 17%. Brazil, 5 million, pretty flat. Chile, about 5 million as well, but that is down near 20%. Mexico, a small 1.8 million, but it is up 22%. Argentina, not even over a million, but it's down 50%. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. 19% of... I, I just reckon someone's going to have a crack at you for saying Argentina. Did I'm I just say gonna, Argentina? I'm just going to call that out now because I know someone will send us a message on Facebook Did or I Instagram. Did I actually say that? Yeah. Argentina. <laughs> nice. Nice. Respect. We, we heard it. You don't need to message us about it. <laughs> 19% of EBITDA comes from their international market. So that is, that is good if you're thinking about ways in which this business can diversify itself and reduce, I guess, the concentration risk of just being in Australia and that's how they do that through exposure to many different countries so yeah yeah I think the strong base and the opportunity to grow is really overseas so if we look at our valuation we can look at a relative and we can compare to other online marketplaces that offer a similar service and you're thinking domain and RIA group so if we're looking at price to earnings car sales are at around 42 at the moment Domain doesn't have one. I guess they're not making money. Didn't make money last year. And Rio is at 166. Yeah. Huge price to earnings. Huge. I mean, it's a great company, REA Group. Yeah. yeah. Then if you're looking at price to sales, it becomes a bit more comparable. Car sales at 13, Domain at 10. Again, REA Group is 21, so significantly more expensive. But again, take that all with a grain of salt. My key takeaway is that a price to sales of 13 and a price to earnings of 42 is putting some expectations on mm. the stock. The market doesn't expect this to grow slowly. It expects it to grow. Mm. So then if we turn to the DCF as well, Ren, with a 10% growth over the next 10 years, which is what it has historically done for profit, you're looking at a price of $8.32. And if you put in the revenue growth of 13% over the last 10 years, you're looking at a share price of $10.18. What's it currently trading at? About 20 bucks. Right. So market thinks or is expecting some big things. If you do a reverse discount cash flow where you put all your inputs in except the growth rate and then you ask it to tell you what the market is expecting in terms of growth based on your, you know, your discount rate and stuff like that, the market is expecting it to grow at about 23% over the next 10 years. So double what it has been doing in the last 10. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they expect big things from their international business. Argentina better start. <laughs> <laughs> or they expect uh farmmachinerysales.com and constructionsales.com to really True, up. true. Yeah. Or when we talk to Cameron and he finally realizes he should be in 
scooters and skateboards. True, true. Maybe. I mean, know. look, maybe this app is a big growth driver for them. I think that it only launched in F20, so it's very new. I mean, I'd never heard of it, Placey, but we shall see, I guess. Big expectations for a stock that is done well, hmm. will continue to do well. It's a question of the price you pay and the value you get. Well, Ren, that brings us to the end of the summer series of 2020 brought to you by Superhero. Great fun. Certainly got a few stocks on the watch list. I'm sure you've actually bought a few of them. I have. Uh, let's not disclose. There's two that I've bought, but obviously we don't make buy, hold or sell no, recommendations. so we're not so going to mention not, yeah. what they are. It has been a really enjoyable series. We are super pumped to be coming back next week with a fresh start to 2021 big things coming for equity mates not just this podcast but across all the podcasts in the equity mates community so thanks yeah. for sticking with us through summer and through 2020 a massive thanks to our sponsor for the summer series superhero they are offering five dollar brokerage flat fee as well as zero dollar brokerage on all etfs so if you are like us and want to build your core portfolio in ETFs and a satellite portfolio in individual stocks, then there is perhaps no better place to do that at the moment than through Superhero. They have a pretty good state-of-the-art platform as well. So head to superhero.com.au to check that out. Ren, looking forward to next summer. Yes. When we take this, make it even bigger and better. Hopefully we can get 12 CEO Hopefully interviews. Hopefully we can get 12 CEO interviews and take some even tougher questions to them. But great fun. Love chatting. And here's to 2021. Yeah, we're recording this at the start of summer. I'm looking forward to getting back into the studio with you for our new episode next week. I reckon you're going to be a little bit more tan than you are now. <laughs> That's the goal. And your golf handicap may uh, may be further down. True. So hopefully yours as well. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Chat next week. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.